Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Billy from Southampton, and you're listening to Dame Baptiste Questions Everything. My question is: If you weren't doing the job you're doing today, what would you be doing instead? Okay, here comes the show. Remember, question everything. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dame Baptiste Questions Everything, a podcast where myself, comedian, writer, and occasional actor Dame Baptiste, alongside my producer friend Howard Cohen, aka the Hizzer. Hello. And a mix of very special guests opposed to questions that need to be asked. And we are talking everything from. We are talking everything from Billy. Maybe his real name. Uh, from London's question If you weren't doing the job you do today, what do you think you'd be doing for a living? Dane? Good question, Billy, which I believe is short for Billicent. Um, I think. I would like to think if I wasn't doing the job I'm doing today, uh, I've I've pondered this. I'd like to think I would be working on how to create this job. Mm. So if stand-up comedy wasn't a thing, then mm. I'd like to think that I would work towards being actively involved in creating that uh, subgenre of uh, performance right. art or entertainment. Because otherwise, what else would I be doing? I feel like I'd be working in an oratory medium, but then I feel at the same time. I'm someone that would find it very hard to sell anything, including ideology, if I didn't right. believe in it. So that's why I think right. I couldn't be like a preacher or like a pastor in like an no, evangelical. Yeah, because, you. you know, I couldn't, I feel it very, I'd find it very hard to lie or traffic in human hope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so I just work in an ice cream store. Um, but, you know, whatever suits you. Uh, so yeah I mean suffice to say on this podcast we ask and answer all the questions don't we Dave absolutely no question is too big too small too performative or too creamy in Howard's case and if you like the show please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify from wherever you get your podcasts from and you'll never miss an episode where you can hear all of our very special questions being asked and answered by our very special guests with that being said on today's show is a podcaster and author in 2017 he started documenting his journeys as a driver of a world famous car hailing app and then he decided to take it a step further he now has a book and a podcast Hi I'm Andrew where he narrates and tells the story of all taxi journeys he has experienced in London and Barcelona and what he has learned from them and the people he has met along the way. He also shares the namesake of one of the young gunners, uh, a member of the comedy community, but it's not the same guy. I have to make that very clear to our listeners. Please welcome to the show, the first to appear on our podcast anyway, Mr. Andrew Mensah. Thank you. And thank you for having me on your podcast as well. Uh, our pleasure. Thank you for attending. Um, Other jobs you think about doing? Andrew? Do you know what? I thought about that for a second. Um, and I left teaching to actually get into what i'm currently doing now and i think i'd probably be still like working in that field right. if i'm honest because i kind of like i think i've always been like um i don't want to say experimental but i'm not afraid of taking a plunge you know mm-hmm. but i found myself in a, in a point in life where i was kind of like tired of ed- education and i just felt there was there was no inroads were really being made been made mm. not necessarily by the school and the staff but i just felt we weren't really having an effect on the children anymore and i just felt you know what actually i need to take a plunge and actually do something completely different right, right. so not even long story short as such i made a decision to go traveling for like say two three months mm-hmm. so i went to central america and within that i made a decision to actually 
file my application and hopefully when I get back mm-hmm. it will all be ready for me to just kind of like jump in a car and, and there I go mm, makes sense Do you, could, could you see yourself because uh, obviously I, I feel like if, if the occasion called again to innovate on your occupation would you you feel you'd be able to do that and turn your back on everything if, these, if you woke up tomorrow and all your jobs would be done by robots would it still be the same kind of thing you'd be happy to kind of like find a new job what I'm currently doing now as in wow um, I think I'd have no choice in some. Well, in fact we're probably going there if we're being very very honest in regards yeah, to technology yeah. and cars and stuff like that so very true um, I have definitely thought about that before but I just don't think it's going to happen anytime soon but to answer your question I think I probably would venture back into something very very similar so I've got a very strong interest in psychology and I come from a background of working in professional football as well so I would kind of like merge the two or yeah work within them both this is good and uh, just so you know Andrew that was a preamble not our actual question however it's probably time for a question isn't it it probably is time for a question I want to keep it structured and formal in order to help you give the best answer possible as our very esteemed guest we'd like to invite you to ask you ask us the first question which we'd like to discuss for you for about 15 minutes and then my producer friend Howard Cohen would like to pose a question to you too to discuss for around the same amount of time and in keeping with tradition and the comedy rule of three I'd like to pose a question to you too to discuss for the same amount of time and then we'd love for you to tell our listeners and viewers where they can find out about your good works past, present and future how does that sound to you that's superb cool the floor is uh, yours as our esteemed guest to ask the first question okay my question was I probably uh, in fact <clears throat> I'm not saying I have the answer for it mm-hmm. um, but sounds know, like you might but yeah, yeah yeah no in fact I probably do have the answer yeah. for it but I think it's one that's often asked to me um, and it is why do riders or I'll be honest why do Uber drivers um, cancel rides mm. um, so obviously both very intelligent men and I'm sure you both have experienced situations where your ride has been cancelled I kind of wanted to get maybe your experience as to rides being cancelled and maybe get your take on why you think your ride's been cancelled and maybe I can offer my insight as to why a I defense. think it sounds like you're going to offer a defence um, no, for the, for yes the no, I, you know what, I'm going to play both sides of the fence right. Well, well, well I, I definitely think people get wound up by that experience, right? Uh. But it is worth flagging up that this, you know, journey thing that we have on our phones now where you can, like, dial a ride kind of on a number of different platforms is we've we've quickly taken it for granted and we don't. like. It's, it's definitely one facet of my uh, utopian vision for the future that I don't really give the uh, credence to. Like being able to order like a cab on your phone and be able to track it via satellite for me is up there with almost up there with uh facetime and like hoverboards yeah well we're not and we're not at hoverboards yet no. but i believe between pretty much though to be pretty much between driverless cars and motorized electric scooters mm. and personal drones there is a technology combining all three of those things and we'll have our hoverboards but then that being said, people are very stupid. So I don't think it's about the absence of technology, but the absence of good sense to use it, Howard. Boy, because when you used to need a cab, mm. you had to like look at a phone book or like get have like a card. Do you yeah. remember keeping like cab cards? Like, you know, yeah. that feels like an ancient, you know, to our producer and other young people they probably think we said imagine having a you know you just wouldn't do that right so we or, me- or memorize just memorize just memorize it they'd have they'd have like a numeric sequence which was like yeah go call or go to a cab office and follow the le- the yellow siren so they were almost like a quasi emergency service i think maybe i'll go maybe go fifth or sixth mm. but and it's one of those great examples which i think happens a lot with our mobile phone technology which is you, you have quickly become overly expectant 
of the service it provides because it's so simple it seems to you that it's so simple so the idea of i mean this is a good example the idea that i had to go to the restaurant i ordered food from on deliveroo to pick up the food was i thought it was a fucking disgrace <laughs> and i wrote an email and after i read the email i was like oh, actually i mean all i had to do was drive for 10 minutes to get the food. and it was on yeah. a shoot so it was kind of a big deal yeah and i was fucked off but the, all the, the route drivers were on strike uh, in the area so i was like actually this is probably yeah they'd shut up but <laughs> you're just expecting the food to be delivered right I mean, you, you know that was imagine getting mcdonald's delivered to your house 10 years ago you'd be amazed so so we are just becoming totally numb to the fact that there is a load of mechanics behind these services so yeah. when, a, when someone cancels a, a driver on you you know it's like what the fuck do you mean is yeah that our response? well i mean i guess the, the issue is not even just the mechanics or the logistics of uh, uh soliciting a cab it's the humanitarian aspect the humanitarian aspect of it now me personally for me cancelling is an inconvenience and it can be frustrating but in the grand scheme of uh things where the minicab industry is concerned mm. it's a minor inconvenience and i have to give the background on that is that for me Uber, Bolt, Lyft, and any of the prepaid electronic uh, cab hailing apps have been a godsend for mainly for cultural reasons. Mm. Like when I was at university, I went to university in Bradford and occasionally my friends and I would go out to like Leeds or in the surrounding areas and being black males and trying to get a cab was for lack of a better term, a motherfucking myth. Mm. Like we literally had to, my friend Mikey, I'm not sure I listen to the podcast, but shout outs to Mikey for this as well used to have to use a white decoy just to catch a cab. Like I would literally, we would literally have to tell one of our white friends or a, an acquaintance or, or just a Samaritan to hail a cab because we know if we try to get a cab or stand at a taxi rank, we'll either be ignored, we'll either have to pay largely in advance, not without any necessary guarantee that they will be drip, dropped off at all the required stops. Yeah. And that's if someone stopped at all. So for me, like... The treatment that I'd get from cab drivers historically compared to the occasional cancellation of an Uber is minor in comparison. The idea that I'm able to get a cab and not be racially profiled or be literally abandoned or ignored when I'm in another city and unable to get back home, for me, it's fine. So, I, I mean, so far as people cancelling, I can imagine that, uh, you know, being an Uber driver or driving uh, via an electronic intermediary doesn't necessarily make your job any easier. And I'm sure there are still the same kind of pitfalls you would have dealt with in the same way with the old system, so mm. to speak. But yeah, I guess you, if you are going to anticipate that, you're able to cancel. And sometimes I might feel offended if someone cancels on me, but I thought, but you know, you're normally spoiled for choice. There'll be someone that will take that job. But let's reveal behind the curtain then. Come on, Andrew. Like, why? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, true. why are you cancelling? Do you know? I you know. Come on, I'm in the rain. Do you I know? Need what? a cab. I feel there are there are many reasons. So, like, um, you said something. You both said things that I was like, oh my god, there's that. Oh, and then there's that. So you mentioned the inconvenience of yesteryear. Yeah. And I think now you're sitting in a in a place where actually where or where I found myself where um, you will call a you will call a you will call a cab and it'll be me coming to you and you might get. I don't know, cheesed off by the fact that it's taken me a minute longer than it you than it would do usually, and you just cancel. So mm. a few years ago, that was this, this, the the roles have almost reserved and reversed, as mm. in like you would cancel on us. Mm-hmm. And I think what's happened. I don't want to bring politics or any, or just the way life is at this moment in time. I find that a lot of drivers are just generally frustrated either with the system to which we're working under mm-hmm. that we won't take any nonsense. So like. Mm. Yes, I mean in work you kind of want there to be some sense of loyalty, but I think we've been working under 
I say conditions for a very, very long time. Yeah, it's very difficult to be loyal to the person you're working for. Mm-hmm. Hence, if it's going to be a little bit of an inconvenience to to get to you, I've got no problem in cancelling because yeah. actually the demand is so now so big. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's going to be a demand. Yeah, exactly. And, and also, I feel like it's uh, because of the nature of uh, the relationship with, I guess, the app as an intermediary. A lot of times, driver, you, you don't even realize the lion's share of the fee for. You, you don't yeah I so I think it's amazing now because like I stopped for a period of time um, and I think in between that I think there was some form of leg- legislation as to the drivers now being paid more yeah. so when I came back and I was seeing the prices that I was receiving well the money I was receiving I was like you are paying for cabs you are paying this much for cabs but I'll say with all that like, yes we are Andrew have you been on a bus lately <laughs> no 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 I haven't actually no. <laughs> yeah that's why A getting a bus in general B getting a bus post pandemic my goodness sir hell yes we'll get Ubers if we can that means I would rather get a pay as you go and then send myself a free Uber ride app and then take that free ride than sometimes suffer the indignity of catching a bus that's how bad buses are these days I, do you know what I have no idea yeah, I think I feel I feel like buses have become somewhat more of a, uh, I suppose, a last resort rather than a uh, alternative choice. Like bus driver for me, bus driver, the bus driver industry very similar to police. It's become a reflection of the amount of investment that goes into it. And if you don't have a lot of investment into recruitment or uh, uh, employee retention or reducing labour turnover, then the kind of people that are going to be part of your workforce are going to affect the quality of it and you're going to get diseconomies of scale. Where one time I was going to High Holborn and I was waiting for a bus and I asked the driver if he goes to High Holborn and he said, I don't know. And I was like, well, who the fuck's supposed to know then, buddy? See, see, even our producer's indignant enough to say stuff and she tries her best to ignore me at the best of times during these episodes. So that's even resonated with her. So, yeah, I feel like people are paying those prices. I also feel like, like you said, there are there's, there are economic reasons in that. The more, what's the word I'm looking for? The more liquid disposable income people have, the less of an inconvenience or outlay it to pay for uh, Uber or an app because I guess as well, it's a... And, also, and just the cost of travel on public transport anyway is going up by so much. You can do an Uber pool, and cumulatively, you can probably work out less than you'd pay if you were trying to travel yourself. Yeah, and and, and also there are I'm not that keen on other people, but then yeah, the, bus, then, the bus is the in bus, a particular yeah, yeah. alternative. At least it? if you know, at least if you someone does weird shit in an Uber pool, the driver is more likely to pull over than if you're on a bus with somebody. I think like if I was if you took away the monetary uh, evaluation of bus versus Uber, I'd take Uber. And I, uh, because because the 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 conversation 100%. with the dr- the driver and the peaceful nature of the journey in comparison to I haven't been on a bus for a while. Uh, I will be live streaming me going on a bus next week, guys. If you are interested, um, but I'm not. <laughs> right, I'm are. not. not that. <laughs> you, you should. Um, yeah, yeah. That'll take, like, that, that'll take that smug smile off your face. <laughs> <laughs> but like you know, it, it's Aggie on a bus, man. Like it people are angry on, bus. on buses, and I tell you what, there's nobody more fucked off in the world than a bus driver. Bus drivers are, I would say, personally, are not cheerful. Do you know, bu- do you know what a bus is? A bus during peak times of either like post school or rush hour. Insane. A bus is literally. That's what it would be like if your if you could make your uh, phone um, repeat back to you what you see on social media. <laughs> That's what a bus is. A bus is people social media in out loud, and you can imagine how what that's like. That's like people. Just th- think about like the kind of narratives you'll hear on a typical bus during the day. Like, well said. Yeah. Do you know the only time you see a bus driver uh, look happy? Uh, it's when they see another bus driver. 
Have you ever noticed that? It's oh, like yeah. interaction. Only fucking time you'll see any, t- any someone that respects you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or on the, in the case of P three bus drivers, when I was at school, happy when they caught a school kid's bag in the in the doors and then started driving <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, that also that weirdly was, made them happy for some fair, reason. That is a highlight. Once Joseph Kemper, whose neck got caught in the buses, and the bus went round about at least three or four times before it stopped. So there yeah. are a couple other reasons. So like, um, what well, I believe. I think I think due to the convenience of it, I think people think they can just order a cab absolutely anywhere, just stand in the middle of the street and it'll come pick you up. Mm-hmm. We're not coming. We're, no, we're not picking you up at a bus stop. That's not happening. We're not picking up picking you up on zigzag lines. We're not doing none of that. I mean, a lot of us up bus lanes, fines, hatch markings. The amount of fines I've accumulated over the years, like it's just not worth it no more. Mm-hmm. And because I'm now in a position where I can cancel and I know mm-hmm. where you're going, yeah. I've now that you now feel you're in control of the, your destination. Yeah. Whereas, um, obviously, yesterday you didn't know where you're going. But also, there are what riders don't actually know or understand and more often than not I have to explain to them is that during those let's call them peak hours of Friday and Saturday night where you're out there you're raving and you're, you're having a large mm. like they're, they're promotion periods for, for drivers like myself where we'll get 15 or 20 pound extra or bonus if we complete three three rides in a row so sorry and you've got to be within a certain area wow. so what we're not doing is I'm not going from central London to no disrespect if you live there we're not going Croydon we're not doing that. Yeah, there might be a good fair oh, in it. No, I'm with you, bro. Yeah, we're not going there. Zone six. <laughs> we're not going there. How, how, how dare you even call yourself London? You're, you're, you're pretty much in Surrey. What we want to do... Full on heat at the most. <laughs> you definitely... No, I'm not even going there. This I'm saying. <laughs> not, not, stop, not stopping. You might get on the outskirts of Norwood. But we want to do them three rides and still be in the zone. Three rides, still be in the zone. And then go home to our families. Yeah. We, we, we don't want people in the back on 60 minute journeys asking me can, we, can I stop off in McDonald's right, and right, you know right. we, I mean, no, oh, well, I mean what, can we stop what if they're going to get, get you a burger and people have done that people have gone yeah, yeah, yeah I've, got, I've got no real problem with that but I mean 3, 4 in the morning it's, but it's, it's also at your discretion rather than a given there you go because yeah. you're, not, you're not a chauffeur I understand. although Uber Eats it does get confusing with the Uber and the Uber yeah. Eats I, I, that's I, crazy but, but I think yeah. it's yeah because can people call can people call cabs and there'll be food in the cab and they I've get had, it uh, I've got loads of th- yeah, I've had loads of different things in, in I, and, I think, and I think what's no, happened I mean, is that, are they not providing the service where I write I ask for an Uber and a Big Mac and both arrive at the same time they're two very they're really things. missing that there, See, and, they? I, and I think that's a large part of it is that I think a lot of the convenience and stuff is that even though you think you're missing out Howard there, there is a uh, I think people have seen that there's, there's supposed to be some kind of uh, synchronising of those two services hmm. so you become more of a concierge than just a driver so now you've gone from being a food deliverer to a uh, driver yeah. so you're a chauffeur you're a food deliverer so you become essentially like a concierge and then yeah. it and then really what it becomes is that like this is the kind of shit you do when your, your family pick you up if your mum and dad picks you up you can be like dad can we stop off at McDonald's please and he's like oh, I'm, a, yeah. I'm not making two stops like whereas you know, I think because like I said, Howard, the convenience has made people like feel it's like this at their fingertips that they can be like, well, if I can hail a cab from anywhere yeah. and tell them where I'm going, then I should but be able this, to. This does feed into what my question is today. Uh, and uh, I, I think, you know, look, we, we can be honest with each other. Yeah. Andrew, we've got to know each other in this 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> like as if Howard was sitting right behind you <laughs> <laughs> with the aux cord in his hand. <laughs> yeah, just put my headphones in and uh, just no. Um, but I mean, I'm trying to think the best way of phrasing. So I'm just going to be no, be just honest. Yeah, you must meet a lot of cunts, right? I mean, it must be. And let me just add. Let me just add a layer onto it, which is, me to... the, is it, Howard, as someone you, who you gets can't say cunts anymore. You've got to say a bunch of non-specific gen- genitals. I'm not basing that word has been taken away from the human body. That word means a type of person. If you and, say so, Howard, yeah, I'm just saying. Does, no, 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 no problem with that. Feel free to contact me. I'll give you my email address. But and I mean, you know, reason I ask that is because you really uh you know almost like and this is just probably feeding into your book yeah uh, a you know 
observer of society on a professional wow. level. And I talk about this a lot because one of my dear friends, uh, Mike, big Mike, he's been a cab driver, a black cab for 20 odd years. And, um, you know, he'll tell me stories. And I know the guy really well. Like, this is a guy, if you ever needed a cab, like, this he's a true great friend of mine. And I often think, God, must be fucking painful at times. You know, he tells me stories. I'm like, I'm so, so you can, you can, what do you think of humanity based upon the profession that you've been doing? Oh, I think humanity is on the floor. I mean, <laughs> no, 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 seriously. And I think it's been on the floor for a very, very long time. I want, the thing I, is, I want, that's, that is an, on the floor is an amazing quote. Yeah, that's so no, well put. No, it's on the floor. And that thing is, is so I, eloquent. I don't want to say I'm, I'm really naive, well but I've, sorry, I've grown up um, kind of in the church. My mum's um, a pastor, all that type of stuff. Right. So I see, I've seen things like from an early age from a different lens as in everyone's nicey, nicey. Mm-hmm. And I think through politics and the way th- I don't want to say politics but the way things have unraveled over the past four or five years mm. what now happens is um, what's taking place like in politics is generally a reflection on the road or vice versa mm-hmm. so you 100% see it so if there's a, an election taking place people will be horn injured throughout the whole day there'll be loads mm. of traffic a lot of difficulty and mm. you'll feel all the tension mm-hmm. you'll feel it in the car etc etc and more often than not you have people voice their concerns and all right. that type of stuff and I guess do you get a lot of political people conversations going on We'll be back after this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to the show. Um, you do, and I, so I voice all these things in my book. I mean, I, I don't want to necessarily get into. Obviously, I don't have much time. Here, but I don't necessarily want to get into how my book started in some essence. Obviously, I was working in a school, and then I found a bit of frustration, and then from there I went traveling. But I was having these conversations with people, and I thought to myself, these are phenomenal conversations, which I think need to be they need to be seen in some way, shape, or form. Mm. And I think such is the wide um, like spectrum of conversation that I felt it had to be it had to be brought to light. So I'll just run through very very quickly some of the the topics I have. Like in my book, so mm. I talk about the gig economy, and I think that's a, a false, a false stats in regards to people being actually in, point, in, in employment. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the questions I had to ask myself, and I've always had these um, conversations with people, is: Are you better off owning a car, or are you better off renting a car? Mm. And I decided to rent the car to begin with because actually I wasn't too sure how long I'd do it. And then obviously I made a decision to, to randomly move to Barcelona. So I was doing one week in London, pay all my bills, and I was gone. Hmm. And I'll be in Barcelona for three, four weeks. I'm sunning it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I got some friends in Barcelona, and I was living a, a fantastic life. You son working of a on projects, working on <laughs> you <laughs> lucky, so handsome son of a bitch. Working on projects, all that type of stuff. <laughs> and then there's music. So we spoke about. You mentioned the aux chord. Right. Like I talk about how, like once upon a time, like I used to say, yeah, I welcome the aux chord. Yeah, I, like, I love music, but I welcome hearing someone else's playlist. Like the, I don't say it's not about music where music is today. Is 
I think some people's taste in music has is shocking. I would like, I would, I would tell people um, the Bluetooth doesn't work, or, or I've recently got this car, so I don't know how to use the Bluetooth. Yeah, yeah. Once it just time, crashed. I love it. It's when just, the car turned off, and I can't turn it back on. Get your car, get your phone away from it. <laughs> Overhearing conversations in the back, so the level of conversation, like funny conversations, the things I've heard, people that men putting themselves deep in dog doo doo in regards to their relationships, oh, wow. talking about how much they miss their partner, all that type of stuff. And I'll be like sitting in front thinking you don't need to do that, but it's funny I say that because I don't even take my own advice mm. in regards to that type of stuff. So these are things that I've I've, I've definitely articulated in the book. Conversations I've had with people, um, real deep conversation in regards to life and as to like sharing things as to okay so that I don't kind of sounds like quite a positive thing I mean some of the things oh, you're, no, you're no, describing no. quite positive phenomenal conversations honestly so as to like um, oh, let me think of one so I've always I think at the back of my mind always been interested in um, adopting children I want children but I've always been interested in adopting children so I remember one Do you time mine? no interest no I have uh, no, why I don't know why um, I just don't know why it might be a, the church thing a month I'm not too sure I think it's fine I think yeah, it, so I think, it, I think, I think it actually so. makes sense I mean it's it should it's a I feel like it's a natural inclination for a number of people to be able to... It takes a village to raise a child. Correct. So you're almost continuing that uh, affirmation by, you know, the opportunity of offering your home to someone who's not you're not necessarily related to. You've also been a teacher as well, so... Uh, ultra- hand altruistic hand. altruism within your occupation is normal for you anyway Andrew so someone's I think father who adopted children he was telling me some like amazing stories in regards to it and these things um, these conversations just happen by the off chance they were sleeping they woke up in light and then all of a sudden we're talking about I don't know some, mentioned something on the radio and then also it veers into another conversation um, and do you, Brexit do you listen to LBC or your, or your um, yeah that, uh, yes, that, no, not that, that day that gets people, that gets people started <laughs> does. then there's um, politics as to um, Brexit and stuff like that. I've had like people crying in the car as to how much it's affecting them talking about um, how they lived in Brixton or they live in Brixton and, and how the changes they've seen over the past 10-15 years and how fortunate they were enough to buy buy their house or mm. people who have come from other parts of the country or other parts of the world who now live in Brixton are like you know what like I'm a lawyer but actually I don't want this because I'm mm. going to see the community change and that's not what I want mm. or I've had like you know I'll, I'll address even some of the elephants not the elephants but the elephant in the room so like I know there's a lot of politics not politics there's a lot of sometimes issues with safety and cab drivers whether it's black cab drivers or mini cab drivers I address all this so I'm not scared of no question whatsoever I'll address mm. it um, I've had women ah so I was rec- no I had, so I had the GoPro on GoPro on and um, um, some girls come in they like yeah a little tipsy Saturday afternoon laugh, laughing and joking blah 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 just back from brunch De- yeah it was like decent music I think they asked some music decent music playing and I was telling them what I was doing I said do you mind if I share this this conversation because I think it's been it's been a good laugh and then they're like yeah no worries one of the friends left and then it was just me and just say Claire I don't know what her name was I can't remember anyway hi Claire and she like her face changed and then um, she asked me like, why am I using the, the footage and stuff like that and then I told her like, I've had these phenomenal conversations and I just feel like it's really important from a society point of view for them to be shared and then she went on to tell me these like these stories about how she was um, like sexually assaulted and stuff like that and how she works she works I don't know. anyway I'll say it in the book so she works in a bar in Central Line and manages one and she talks about the difficulty she has with relationships with men as to how She'll be there'll be a bar full of men, and she just walks straight through them because of the anxiety she has mm. in working around around men. Then I've had women who've come in my car and who have been sexually assaulted and then have broken down, and then we're having that conversation. I had another girl who went to the university in Regent's Park. I forget what it is, and then we were having a lovely conversation. And she was telling me how she wasn't enjoying her time in London. I said, "London at your age is your playground." I, mm. so, so I left and gone to Barcelona but I said me I hate London but I'm 30 plus you this should be your playground mm. and she told me the story about how she was sex. no how she um, she was going to uni early in the morning and a guy tried to grab her mm. and she had to run 
so I told I mean I went off one I went, yeah, went off in I went off into one I said like like fuck him I said like I said do tell your dad and your mum sorry parents weren't here parents in, in Canada or something along those mm-hmm. lines I said no like if you can do tell your parents but then she told me no I can't what can my dad do from there yeah. the truth is what can he do and I said you're right truth be told but I told her but you, but you need to but you're internalising it is also her, destroying her as well mm. it so was that's the thing is that she's obviously been able to tell you but she's obviously aware that all it's going to do is generate anxiety for my parents stuff like that and they might be like your dad would be like you shouldn't be there and blah 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 and yeah L- London the is the hell realm by the way <laughs> but the toxicness the of, of, of people's behaviour and the kind of what you witness I mean I mean, just, you, you, Dane, your life as a comedian, you get to witness it in a, you know, you don't get witness in the confined space of a cab necessarily. No, I've, I've got, I guess I have the, uh, the main thing, and we're, I don't know to go into it, but I, I think, I was just thinking on this, when we were coming, I was coming into the room, is that comedy is very similar to football in that it's, uh, it appears that the barriers to entry are so low that everyone can volunteer their opinion on it but only very exceptional people can actually excel in it. And despite that, even if you excel in this field, people will literally sit down with no experience, surrounded by their friends, we're making no effort and be like, I could do better than that. Mm. And that's probably the most frustrating part is the uh, the discourse about the two fields is massively democratic, despite the fact that only a very select few people excel in comedy and in uh, football. I started this book or this project with the idea of like I was just, I thought it was going to be like ten thousand words and then it ended up being sixty thousand words mm. and all I wanted to do was just share my experiences. My dad was a black cab driver mm. and me and my dad didn't have the best of relationships and I talk about loads of subjects in the book and I'll talk about politics and I'll talk about health very very briefly. So I think it was during the Holocaust week week or weekend mm. where there were people coming in or hearing the radio LBC and they were telling me like some phenomenal stories and I remember an old man came in and he just. I asked him a question and he spoke for five minutes straight, like no interruption. And I sat there and I thought to myself, he wanted to talk with somebody Mm. and I, and I allowed him to talk. And I sat there and I thought to myself, I don't know my dad. Uh, I said, I'm 30 plus. I said, I don't know my dad. And I said, that's a massive problem. And then I, then I used, then I'd go, I remember that period. And even now I'd go home and I ask him questions and the things I wanted to find out, even now I wasn't like, like killed me. And it made me understand my dad a lot more and made me understand why we had, and we we either butt heads or mm. or I wouldn't talk to him for long periods. And all and I what I do is I give people everything they want, truth be told. I tell my friends this. I mm. give you all the stories. Any there's no um topic that I don't cover. Mm. I'm happy to cover more topics like in the podcast and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But at the very end of the book I talk about fears and responsibilities. So I left to go to Barcelona and I'll come back every three, four weeks and see my dad and I go, He's changed, like he's got a limp now. Mm. But no one's seen mm. that. Mm-hmm. And then one day he told me he was lonely. And then you pick up on things and you start thinking, you know what, yeah, actually family is what's really, really important. And then what you realize based on either either being here today or just going out and working is you actually don't know, you don't know, know people. You don't know their story. Mm. My conversations with cabbies, just to let you know, often go, they basically go two ways. Uh, first way is football because it's the unifying way to just yeah. avoid actually talking about anything like, I said, like making jokes it's a universal language it's easy easy yeah. you know a bit of hopefully they support the same team as you uh come on arsenal 
And uh, uh, and and you know, if not, if <laughs> not, then there's a bit of banter. Huh? New support. No, I'm, I'm uh, saying the same. Yeah. I just, I just, you know, oh, I you yeah. wait until after, wait until after Christmas. Like yeah, but this is what I mean. This is already <laughs> turning into a cab ride kind of chat. Uh, so it goes that way, or the second way, and Dane will uh, appreciate it. I just want everybody to do well. <laughs> <laughs> um, apart from the other 19 teams, yeah. uh, no. But the, the the other the other version is is when you start to go. Oh, what do you do for a living? Right. And yeah. it is a conversation that is best avoided because for me, and Dane's gave his own version of this, for me, I'll go, oh, so I, you know, I suppose the simplest way to explain it is I try and invent TV shows. And they'll go, oh, yeah, what have you done? And I'll list them. You know, listeners, you may have seen some of the shows I've worked on and developed or made. You may not have. Andrew, I don't really give a fuck. Andrew, Either way, I still want to live in Andrew, it. Andrew's nudging me right now. Go for the list, Howard. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't really care. I mean, to be honest with you, if you've seen it, great. If you haven't, don't. And then if you want to go and watch it, do. Uh, and then, obviously, it sends in. So they'll be like, oh, yeah. All right, all right. And then they'll be like, here's an idea. For you. Like, oh, fuck it, Al. Here we go. And like, no offense like to everyone in the world, but having an idea for a TV show is not the same as getting it on TV. And that is why that conversation is best avoided Dane as a comedian I'm predicting you've been in the back of cabs where they've gone on oh, tell us a joke there mate yeah. you're a comedian <laughs> are you? tell us a fucking joke or, mate or they give you a joke and give, and just so everybody knows <laughs> a lot of the time giving a comedian a joke is a lot like being the equivalent of like some kind of uh, despotic tyrannical imam giving somebody a uh, bomb vest because that's what you're doing you're giving me a suicide bomb to go and kill myself on stage because that's what's going to happen if I repeat what you said in this cab to me I'm going to bomb on stage and (laughs) my sacrifice would be in vain (laughs) because you'll just find another person to suicide bomb you and your joke god lord anyway uh, I mean it's been this has been quite an interesting conversation but I think we should move on to your question Dane so we we make sure we get all three questions well I think I think Howard you you, uh, answered one of the questions I had for you as well but um did you uh, have a nicer way of putting it? No, no, no. I think it's the yeah, best way to put it as well. But while we were going through it, you did. Uh, uh, we got uh, got to reveal an interesting dimension to your story as well, Andrew. Where you said about how well you know your dad, and I feel like, and I've heard this before, and you, this probably might resonate with you more than most because you've worked as a teacher, so mm-hmm. as a civil servant, and also in the capacity of being a cab driver, you've uh, kind of been in a very, in almost a. Uh, therapeutic role when it mm-hmm. comes to discourse because people just emote to you and yep, stuff they do. Um, but I, the question I was going to ask you I guess was then what do most people reveal about themselves sitting in the back of a car talking to you um, I was going to say <clears throat> I was thinking what? vulnerability um, so, so, and, I'm trying to phrase it well <clears throat> because I feel like when you said about I don't know my dad that struck the chord with me most because I, I, I don't think a lot of people know their parents very well because they create an image of that based on the fact that they are dealing with an authoritarian or a caregiver or a guardian. And I think that can be very problematic that we uh, almost tend to uh, distill someone's authority or status from their humanity. So maybe I'll rephrase the question because it is about vulnerability in mm-hmm. that. So I, I just think, Andrew, like in your capacity, like you you said that, you know, you don't really know your dad and I think that's the problem with a lot of people that is they find it very hard to know their parents on a personal level because normally the nature of that uh, relationship is guardian and uh, dependent yeah. and because of that people don't necessarily probe to find out what is making up the complex of that person Yeah. so I guess in your very learned positions as both a uh, cabbie and as a teacher uh, you know and also I imagine working within the church as well alongside your mum as well what do you think stops people from getting to know people like their parents or caregivers um 
and I guess oh what stops people from being honest with people in their lives as opposed to being honest with a cab driver that's maybe that's a very um, good question yeah Um, okay good I was trying to find a way to phrase no, it. No, I was thinking a couple of things. I don't think people have realised that actually that's the question they need to ask. Mm. So it took for people who I did not know for them to tell me those stories for me to realise I don't know my dad and mm. there are some serious holes in his story. Mm. All I know is 1985 I was born. Mm. But forever and a day, people have told me my dad was a banker. So mm. where and why did it happen? How did he get to Germany? How did he... And then he filled those... He told me and I was like, goodness gracious me. Mm. I could see where the problem is and I could see why he's been a fr- I don't want to say he's a very jovial person but I can see mm. also why he's been a very frustrated individual as well mm. and I think in the car I think people because they're talking to someone who they don't know it's an opportunity to kind of like ask questions or say things that they probably wouldn't say to family and friends and stuff like that yeah because I because I, I say it's because even in myself like I found and I've never been cynical about it but I I uh, firmly believe that human beings and our inability to have discourse without necessarily a political social mm-hmm. Or uh, cultural, or any any form of bias, can be quite difficult. Which obviously necessitates the existence of like therapists of various kinds. And obviously, I know how effective therapy can be. Yeah. But I think that therapy would we would have be less dependent upon it uh, if human beings created spaces where we could be honest and discuss each other. And it's weird that like in the back of a cab is when people will start telling their life story because I imagine that girl, like many women, has probably never spoken to. She even tell her own parents about being sexually assaulted, but she'll tell you. Yeah. And I guess I, I'm also trying to find out if you think there's any part of the state or aesthetic of the back of a cab that could be created to facilitate people being able to emote about traumas or feelings. I've always thought I've always thought about that, and actually, not even moving the, the needle ever so slightly. So there's been again conversation in regards to women getting in cabs. These weren't even things I was remotely even. Um, I didn't even see these things, mm. you know, until some of these conversations were happening. And that's, that, that's that's the part of male privilege that we don't discuss. Oh my! The privilege God. of oblivion, because you think like this, you think, well, there's no way anyone would be stupid enough or sloppy enough or disgusted enough to have to touch somebody in the back of their own fucking cab. So, because you think that would be, you would never think of doing something like that. But trust me, they're out there. Insane. <laughs> like, just even in regards to like, um, so nowadays um, you don't have. Um, sorry, some, with some rides you don't have their their full address. You might just have the postcode. And I've noticed women wanting to be stopped a little bit short of their address. Mm-hmm. I've seen women scan number plates, mm. ask questions like two or three questions to ensure you're the driver and get in. Me, I'll just amble into any cab. You know, no problem. That's because I don't have to think about it. Yeah. But I'd have these conversations with women, with women, and they'll tell me they go, yeah. Me, my man getting here goes in the WhatsApp group. Um, this is where I am. Da, 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 you watch da, how you, even how you sit in a cab as a woman. I've seen all of that, so I'm now a bit more aware as to those type of stuff. And mm. yeah, I'm a bit more aware. Do you, Do you think uh, an increased presence of women working as cab drivers would maybe remedy that at all? Do you know what I thought about that? And actually, um, someone who I was seeing, I think we had that conversation. She was. Yeah, she just took a few months. So it took a good six, seven, eight months of work. And she mm. goes, you know what? Like, based on your stories, I might be interested in doing it. I said, that is definitely not happening. Based on what I see, I, don't, I would not be comfortable with you working. The amount of, not even the amount of individuals, the type of individuals I've had in here. Once upon a time, I was, no, I am nice still. Very, very nice. And um, um, I, there's a lot of leniency. I would allow a lot to go on. Then there was one evening in particular where all things changed for me, where... Um, someone threw up a girl threw up in the car to get, she was with her partner he threw up and I was concerned because A they threw up but also I needed to work after I really needed the money because I was going to Barcelona in like a day or two and if they were just this is weird I'm saying this if they were just going if they were going out I might have let it go and I would have cleaned the car up mm. um, and also they told me the car was fine but 
They opened the door and they said, oh, thank you, da-da-da, for giving us the tissues to send a third. And they said the car was fine. And then as I was cleaning or looking at it, they were going home into mm. their house. I was like, wait, excuse me. Could have done that outside your house, I you said, fucking scragglebacks. I said, are you going home? And they go, yeah, it's a house. I said, and you think you can just fucking... I, honestly, I lost it. So you're going to just go home. You've puked in my car and you're just going to go home and enjoy the rest of the evening. And I lost the plot. And that's the last time I allowed anyone to be disrespectful in the cab. Any nonsense. And I vetoed that straight away. They came back, cleaned the car, etc., etc. One star and, for you, bitches. Oh, oh man. Yeah, so I've got, lo- got, yeah, got loads of stories like that. You know, Yeah, loads of stories like that. So in regards to cab drivers, um, again, n- not taking people cancel rides... I think there's a lot of frustration. I, no, I, t- I totally get it. I think, I think, uh, like I said, human beings, we're used to a lot of convenience. And I think for a lot of people that uh, make up what we refer to as the gig economy, um, particularly from government disseminated downwards, there is this uh, suggestion of expendability. Mm-hmm. So you could be replaced. If you, even if you cancel, there'll be somebody else. I could be out of so, a job tomorrow. Yeah. And, you know, and no one cares. And obviously even Uber's had to do a lot of... Uh, addressing of their treatment of their workforce so Mm -hmm. to speak because they are not I guess formally employed Mm -hmm. there's a lot of piss that can be taken with people and obviously then there's the issues of like ULEs and congestion charges that also overheads that are affecting the ability to do the job efficiently as well Um, it's it's an additional question I wanted to ask as well just from the nature of that job because I I, I like the idea of Ubers in that when I went to LA for example I noticed like maybe people who are seeking work within the creative industry in 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 between time they can literally log on as an Uber driver, supplement their income. If something comes up, they can log back out. Or like um, someone who's like semi-retired yeah. can clock in, make a little extra bit of bread to top up the bills, clock out accordingly, as well as have their fixed income, as far as I'm aware. But I wonder if, because the technology exists or the framework exists, would it be served more to have maybe a regulated uh, landscape? Where you all, in the same way that, you know, like if old minicabs all had the listing in a directory, mm-hmm. is there a digital equivalent whereby you would be independent? So I wouldn't necessarily have to, uh, an app similar to Uber, but you wouldn't be subject to maybe Uber's uh, stipulations in terms of earnings and you'd get the lion's share of it. Is that something that would benefit cab drivers en masse? Is that something that can be facilitated, do you think? Oh. I think so. I don't know if there's one or two apps like that, but what I do know, I think, I think um, the job, I think it, benefits some people I think what I found in the four or five years I've been doing it and maybe because I've been going London, Barcelona London, Barcelona because obviously that will take a toll on your on your finances is that you're just chasing your tail uh, so ooh. for example for me who I who I rent the car yes the expenses are quite high I'm paying like two 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 thirty a week for a car and if I don't in fact this the past couple of weeks I've not done a lot of work uh, so guess what I've been driving for no reason uh, you know whereas if you own the car it's a little bit different and I guess the advice I've had over the years because I'll tell oh, like people will tell me I would go, you know, well, they'll ask me what I'm doing and I'll tell them and they'll go, don't you dare quit because you are living a life that a lot of us would love to live where mm. you work here for a week and you go to Barcelona and you work on things that you are genuinely passionate about. Don't don't quit. Stick at it and you've got a fantastic story and it will come out on time and it will work for you. And I think that's what I've managed to do and I guess I've presented that or I've packaged that in something which I think obviously I like or I like and hope people and will take to I, think, it, I, I believe they will do it, if only there was like a vehicular equivalent of Airbnb where maybe you could not necessarily have a fleet of vehicles but mm-hmm. maybe it'd be maybe you and maybe two other drivers in a close vicinity could have one car so when you're in Barcelona someone pushes the whip and then they drive and they can earn some people do themselves. that oh, no, cool. I th- no I think I think there's people who own cars and I think so that's what I was doing so uh, I think like generally I'd have a relationship with cab for, um, like people who own cars mm. as in like generally you'd have to rent the car for 
four weeks or eight weeks mm-hmm. and I'd let them know I'm only going to be here for a week or two weeks and I'll do this da 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 and I'd drop the car to them and I'll zoom straight to, um, to, to um, Gatwick or Stansted mm-hmm. and I'd have that relationship where I'm going and I'm coming back they know I'm coming back mm. um, I don't know if that's something that is done across the board but yeah. that's the relationship I had with, with certain firms Okay. well it has been uh, a very uh, interesting and uh, car related episode today which is not the normality of what happens on this show but I've enjoyed it nonetheless it's been good again as I say for me speaking on behalf of my community like Uber's been a godsend I think the availability of a prepaid uh, digital uh, hailing of taxis has definitely made transport easier for my community who have historically been denied the service due to racial profiling so uh, thank you for being a part of the movement Andrew um Fuck you, though, for being able to live in Barcelona and London. This yeah, is a motherfucking... It's a great urban hellscape that, I, I, that has shaped who I was today. That's another story for another time, though. <laughs> but, um, yeah, going back, you were saying? Um, no, so actually go... Oh, yeah, unfortunately, in some respect, I go back there next week, Tuesday, only for a day. I'm going to actually collect a lot of my stuff. So my stuff's been in storage for two and a half years. Oh, pandemic. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I was supposed to fly back on the day of lockdown. Um, I was never going to fly because I knew there was problems. Mm. And had to put all my stuff in storage, officially move out of my place. Um, yeah, and then try to sort my life out. Um, but I think it's time to bring my stuff back and then I can make a decision after the book comes out and stuff like that as to what, well, I know what I want to do, but what I really, really want to do next. Well, it seems like you're back on track according to your internal GPS. Thank you. Um, for our listeners and viewers, Andrew, where can they find out more about your good works past? Um, you can find me on social media at Andrew Mensa JR. So that's Andrew Mensa Jr. Not the other one, everybody. Correct. It's, but yeah, Andrew Mensa JR. Website, Andrew Mensa JR.com. And the book is? Hi, Andrew, My Journey. So it's almost like, oh, people going to go, Hi, Andrew. Yeah, yeah, my journey. Cool. So check out the book as well, guys. And uh, yeah, look out for Andrew's podcast as well. Just leave us to say, Andrew, thank you very much for coming. This ride has been a five stars for me. Thank you. You've been listening to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, hosted by Dane Baptiste and myself, Howard Cohen. For more from Dane and myself, make sure you follow us on Instagram at DaneSnapTiste and at the Howard Cohen. You can now support us on Patreon. Just search DBQE Podcast and unlock ad-free content and you can watch the full-length video of the podcast. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a question for Dane, make sure you send us a DM on Instagram at DBQE Podcast and we could feature you in our next episode. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, question everything. Insanity Group. 